0: Once again, we have nothing to pre chat about.
1: That's Mainly because it's
0: the same day.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to the Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble, and uh, we're gonna just proceed in our journey into the 50s. Yeah, it's going well so far. Yeah, we, we've we've seen some uh, you know politicians in prison. We've yep. seen uh, we've seen a lot of disguises and some ex- ex- like just out of this world daffiness. Yeah. So the 50s so far
2: isn't uh, Daffy's decade at the moment
0: seems to be he seems to be struggling with it absolutely see, like maybe he's realising his age I think he's just I think he's got to work some things out he's got to work some things I out I think he has yeah uh we've got another uh classic character in the first episode here yep. uh joining bugs is Yosemite Sam uh last seen uh repping maroon tunes yep yeah yeah um so we'll see if he's got his good maroon chaps on uh it's called mutiny on the bunny. Now is the bunny like a ship? Is yeah, Yosemite well, Sam back in pirate sort of mode? Yeah,
2: because we, we've seen a, a, a like kind of a pirate esque sort of. Well, we've seen that before, and that before, was so. when
0: we decided, you know, that Yosemite Sam definitely is longer lived. Uh, yes, like within within the confines of one timeline at least than yeah. eh, than any of the other tunes we've seen. Um, I wonder if we're going to get a little. Uh, More insight into that sort of era of Yosemite Sam's life because Bugs was in that one as well. Yes. Um, So we know that he interacted with Bugs during the pirate era. But obviously, Bugs has has travelled back. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll we'll just have to see. So uh, we're watching Mutiny on the Bunny from February eleventh, nineteen fifty. Try and swindle Bugs Bunny. Oh no, he'll have you. He gets what he's owed. Yeah. Like if you Always. offer him a free trip around the world, he's getting a free trip around the world. And that is exactly what happened here. So Yosemite yeah. Sam, uh in uh his pirate sort of era. Uh well, we first see a guy like run off the ship, like just run down a yeah, like, broken, uh, broken yeah, and just going, I used to be a human being, and he runs off. And somebody sounds like, "Oh, I need a whole new crew." So we're, we've got to believe that that was uh, the last of his previous crew, or, you, or you you the entire crew of one, or the entirety of his previous crew, because uh, his next uh, course of action is to advertise a free trip around the world, and then uh, basically uh, <laughs> knock out and imprison the first taker, yep. and use them as his crew. Uh, Bugs Bunny is that taker, yeah. Uh, and uh, we see Yosemite Sam ascend the uh, the ramp behind him with uh, with a truncheon. Uh, and uh, Bugs is uh, that from that point onwards uh, under duress, yeah. And uh, working as a as a deckhand basically
2: doesn't seem to be under that much duress though. He just seems to be kind of like, why aren't I on a, just a nice cruise around the world? Well, I think once you're at sea,
1: yeah,
0: like there's not a lot you can do. No, you have got to just accept it. Um, I mean that said, like, he was the only member of the crew, so it is just him and Yosemite Sam yeah. duking it out for control of the ship. Uh, which Bugs takes at one point yep. because uh he pretends the ship is sinking, tells Yosemite Sam that the captain has to go down with the ship, and so Yosemite Sam makes him the captain so he can escape. Yeah, Uh but ultimately Bugs just uses that opportunity to uh to uh, annoy Yosemite Sam and ultimately uh, brings him back aboard <coughs> because Bugs wants that free trip around, around the world. He really does, yeah. Like uh, There are several points in this episode where the ship sinks, is taken back to harbour, repaired... Yeah, I don't know how
2: he managed that.
0: Yeah, Did I'd be... Drag it along the floor? I mean, what size of an object can Bugs put through his sort of... Interdimensional Interdimensional portal. portal? I don't know. And... So do you think Bugs is the one taking it back to get repaired? Well, prepared? I mean, we don't really know much about Yosemite Sam's powers. No. In general. Um, but the ship definitely sinks. And it's Quickly like, as well. And it's like, do we think Yosemite Sam just drags it back? Or do we think Bugs opens up for... The, the bottom of the ocean basically yeah. and pops it up nearer the shore and they, they dredge it that? out.
2: Is he doing that because he wants that free trip around the world? He's like, no, no, you've got to have a ship to take it around Well, the world. this
0: Well, this is what I uh, was going to bring up. It's because every time it goes back to harbour and Assembly Sam repairs the ship yeah. and Bugs could just escape, he doesn't. He, gets yeah, on, yeah, he's he doesn't, just back,
2: yeah. gets back on the ship. Because I'm guessing it takes him
0: a little while to, to do all that. I mean, it is just Sam repairing the ship. Yeah, and, and all credit to Yosemite Sam, he does do the work himself. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. takes off his big piratey coat yeah, and, and he's he under gets, there. He just he, gets to it. Hammering just Boards. patches on, basically. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bugs really wants that trip around the world. Now, uh, up to the point where, right by the, en- at the e- by the end of the episode, it's just Yosemite Sam and Bugs in uh, like one of the lifeboats. Yeah, uh, so, so Bugs reclining on the back. And he's got some stickers from all kinds of places he's been. So Yeah, so, so Sam
2: just admits defeat, and, and it happens, like, the last time Sam repairs the boat, um, Bugs ties the two sides to the, to the dock. So when the boat launches, it just rips the side off and all you've got is the frame of the hull. Now, yeah. the frame of the hull, there's nothing inside. So the entire ship, the whole time, has a- been largely
0: empty. It's just been a shell, which explains why it sinks so quickly. But then what was Yosemite Sam's, like, uh, drive to have a ship in the first place? I don't know. Is it, it just was the freedom? It, like, or was like, he not it, accepted in society due to uh, his eldritch tentacled face?
2: Either that, or he could only afford the shell of a ship and he was building up slowly. It does explain why he only needs a crew of one. Yes. Because there's nothing else there's nothing to, do. to do in the ship. He's
0: got one cannon, he drags it around himself.
2: Yeah. And, yeah, he just constantly punches holes in his boat and it sinks repeatedly.
0: But... The thing that's interesting here is we see Yosemite Sam later, and he's definitely at odds with Bugs. Yeah. Um, but do you think this is why? Do you think he just got really, really angry about that? But, but how long
2: Bugs around the world?
0: But how? But, I mean, we've got to question how long he takes Bugs around the world for. Well, I
2: think maybe once you've circumnavigated the globe, that counts as a trip of a trip around the world.
0: Yeah. At what point is Bugs going to draw a line under it and say? he's taken what he's owed i don't know and at what point does yosemite sam just lose his rag because like yosemite sam like, I, would have, I would have thought he'd i would have thought he'd lost it already like him admitting defeat like this seems strange to me
2: yeah i mean i don't know i think the, the there's obviously going to be a point where when they're in that little boat sam yeah. is
0: just going to just gonna kick off. I mean, I suppose and maybe, maybe Bugs just gets bored. I suppose he had his initial resistance, yeah, and his spirit was somewhat broken, yeah. Like, and in the grand scheme of his prolonged lifespan, maybe he did just go. I may as well just do it. Yeah. Like, I'll just take him around the world yeah, like, once it's done it'll like, be done I'll
2: take a year off and we'll just do it but like I say like Bugs might just get bored
0: because he can tra-
2: like that Bugs he doesn't to travel back in time. he didn't need no. Sam to take him around the world he's like no 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 you owe me this so maybe he's just trying to teach Sam a lesson at this point point, going look if you're going to tell people you're going to do something you've got to do it so possibly he gets like halfway around his trip and just goes have you learnt your lesson right okay I'm
0: off so I'm wondering actually if Bugs travels back quite late on uh so the Yosemite Sam we've seen later uh is sort of you know, he's just angry cowboy Yosemite Sam. Yeah. Uh and I wonder once it got to Yosemite Sam's commitment to play basketball versus some aliens, yeah. Uh and he, maybe he skipped out on it and Bugs goes it's back go. three hundred years or whatever. Yeah. To make a him To teach him, with to teach him a le- to teach him a lesson. About yeah. following through with your commitments. Yeah, no, I can see that. Like, maybe he's just trying, but he's, he's just trying to incept that idea. Yeah, really early. Like, if you
2: say you're going to do something, just do it.
0: So, I wonder if he actually is altering Yosemite Sam's entire outlook on life. entire outlook on life by travelling back to pirate times.
2: Possibly, because it would give it a long time for that sort of thing to settle in. But it also like.
0: It allows for his loss of temper regularly throughout that three hundred year period, yeah. uh, but in the end, he's probably going to honour his commitments.
2: Yeah, yeah, because he, he's just going to fall through with it. Because otherwise, he knows Bugs will just go back in time and alter his past. Exactly.
0: <laughs> how many? How many times has Bugs done this? We don't know. No, uh, but like that's that's my working theory at the moment.
2: No, I like it. Okay,
0: I like it. Uh, so. Uh, next up, then we've got uh, two characters I've never heard of. It doesn't say first appearance of Beaky. Have we had Beaky? Is I it Buzzard? Is the Buzzard? Beaky, yeah. Beaky Buzzard. Yeah, that weird, that kind of who? Uh, so we've got Beaky Buzzard and Leo the Lion. Classic name uh, for a lion. In the Lion's Busy from February eighteenth, nineteen fifty. Let's see what Beaky's up to. All right. <laughs> Okay, give us the rundown. I've got some theories, but give us the episode rundown. Okay, so uh, it's Leo the Lion's birthday. He receives a
2: gift of a book, and it's pretty much about lions. And in there it says that lions only live about 10 years. So he goes, oh God, and then checks his cake, and the cake has 10 candles on it. So he's thinking, okay, well, that's going to be me, dead." That's that. And it turns out that Beaky, the buzzard, is sitting atop the tree. I'm certain he's the one who sent the gift. Because he's there with a knife and fork, going, Yep, you best get dying. It's possible. It's possible. Because he wants to eat yeah. Leo. Um and it's pretty much just that. You know, it's a bit of a chase episode. Leo's trying to get away from Beaky doing pretty much anything he can, and yeah. there's various points where he ends up getting knocked out, or at least knocked dizzy, and he wakes up to find that Beaky is cooking part of him. Mostly his tail,
0: quite a lot of the time. But it is um like it's quite it's quite business-like as a, as a relationship. It's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Lion. It's just the way, it's just the way it yeah, is. Like,
2: but, but he's not prepared to wait for Leo to die. He's just like, look, hurry up and die. You're
0: 10 years old now. That's as long as lions live. So I think what we've got here is a sort of Logan's run situation. Yeah. Uh, because I think this could fit quite nicely in, uh, to some other problems we've had with various bits and pieces. Uh, so my theory is that like carrion birds and really any sort of like any sort of scavenger type yeah. uh, creature are responsible for governing this Logan's Run type system where, you know, you have your allotted yeah lifespan as a species. And once you hit that, you know, they come for you. They just go like report for death. Yeah, because we,
2: we, we've... Talked about this Logan's Run idea. Like I think real early on, we brought up this idea of you know, is it a Logan's Run thing? Because what is the longevity of a standard tune?
0: Yeah, because I think that's what uh, we raised very early on when we weren't sure. Well, we were pretty sure not all of these tunes could be the same tune. Yeah. all the way from nineteen thirty-eight to all the way through. Especially once we started getting some episodes from the past. Yeah. Um, but what I'm thinking here is you know a, a species has its standard longevity yeah and uh the carrion birds their their job is to enforce it yeah because what it also does is uh give a time after which eating other animals is fine like you, yeah. th- th- like it's just part of the system yeah so it could serve to explain away sort of a pig with a ham sandwich and things like that it's like yeah. it's you know it's part Logan's run, part soil and green, yeah, yeah no no yeah, I can see that it's a it's a double whammy, yeah, of classic sci fi film, <laughs> <laughs> so you think that like
2: this is Lion's Hitters uh lifespan, yeah, and uh beaky's just doing a job, he's just coming along and just going, look, it's time for you to you know,
0: pop along, and he's just like, no, nope, no, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. Because like, I think it would have been his job to stay on the moon as well.
2: Um, yeah, so they they end up... Um, well, Leo ends up running away to the moon. He just... There's a rocket going to the moon uh, in the jungle, and he's like, right, I'm getting in, um, and off he goes to the moon. Now, Beaky was apparently in that rocket as well, because he ends up up there.
0: Well, I was wondering, was Beaky in the rocket, or... Can they just breathe in space? And Bee just flew. I, I suppose it's. Well, I mean, like they definitely can breathe
2: in space because unless the moon has an atmosphere. Yeah. Like I mean, the moon now is whole. Yes. As well, so that, that's something else to. Um, yeah, because bugs up. bugs blew up the moon a while back. Yeah, he blew up quite a large part of it, and they were hanging on a crescent moon. We were like, "Oh, is the moon going to be okay?" And yeah, the moon's grown back. Yeah, it's even a full though moon. it is rocky. Yeah, not Rocky the character played by Sylvester Stallone. No, uh, it is a rocky environment. Yeah, um, but it does grow back because we've we talked about it before it being sentient.
0: Well, I mean, we've seen it being a bit of a dickhead before. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I'm I'm willing to consider it in some form at least a an organism, a life yeah. form, and it, and it has grown back. It's got regenerative regenerative qualities, uh, but that also might go a little way uh, to explaining. Uh, Why people are just fine on the moon, don't need a breathing atmosphere. Because I think it's it's a sort of parasitic thing. I think there's like, you know, you're almost a parasite to the moon when you're on the moon. You're just sort of living on it, like, you know, like a a flea on a dog. There's there's
2: definitely a breathable atmosphere, and there is no problem with gravity either. Um, Like,
0: the gravity seems to be just that that is
2: on Earth for the toons.
0: Um, Although we haven't really seen anyone like try and jump or anything like that. No, but they seem to be able to run around and move things.
2: And things seem to have similar sort of weight. So uh, when Leo sees Beaky, he goes, Oh, no, I'm getting away. And he runs into a cave and basically blocks the cave up. Now, the cave has a door. Yeah. uh, And he blocks it up with rocks. And he waits a year. And he comes out. And Beaky is still there. Yeah. And then he shuts the door again. And then we start getting this flash of time. yeah, And it forwards all the way... To 1956. Yeah. And he opens the door again, he comes out and he's real old. He's real old. And Beaky's still there. So one, what's Leo been living on? He's been in that cave for six years. What's he been up to in that time? The
0: sausage links of his own tail.
2: Oh god, yeah, I know, but I mean that's diminishing returns. You're cannibalising yourself. Oh, yeah. You're not
0: gonna be able to get six years on yourself, are you?
2: Yeah, I d I don't know I don't know really how it works. I mean, unless he's found a cheese pocket on the moon and that's just what he's surviving on. Yeah,
0: I mean there's definitely there's definitely a chance that there was a vein of cheese, an untapped vein of cheese. Yeah,
2: running through the running through that bit of the moon. So, you know, that's that's possibly what he's been surviving on. But he must have been up to other things. I'd like to see a little cartoon of um, you know, Leo's six years in the moon cave. Yeah. I'd like to see that episode, see what he's been up to. He might have been doing some interesting things. We don't know. But we do know that Biggie was still there. Yeah, or at so, least was there again. Yeah, so did he fly
0: up and down, see, waiting for the time Leo came out of the cave? You see, I don't know, but, I mean, if it is genuinely their, their job to police these things, yeah. like, I don't think some level of shift work is out of the question.
2: No, possibly. But... But at Beaky the same time. that not interested in eating him now.
0: Because Leo comes out of the camp and says, oh, you may as
2: well eat me now. Well,
0: I think he is interested in eating him.
2: But. Well, he just says there's no point. is like, all I can have is marshmallow. Yeah, because he's old.
0: Because we know birds have teeth as well in this yeah. universe. Oh, yeah, which yeah. is, you know, and now he. You yeah, know, he he's got
2: teeth. Because he's old now as well. So we have to assume that what we saw there was a glimpse, a glimpse into the future.
0: Well, I think maybe Leo was Beaky's sort of last case. And, like, he's, so he's like going, deer, like, I'm, deer, going like pursue that, I'm going to pursue sort of this to the ends of the earth. Yeah. I think I think if Beaky was younger at the start, then it would probably have just been taken over by another buzzard. Yeah. I think Beaky probably should have retired a long time ago, but he wasn't forced to retire. He's just got to get this one last Yeah, he had this last case to finish. Okay.
2: So, yeah, I mean, it, we do then have to assume that... Beaky has stayed there or has been there a lot of the time. Yeah, so... Any any episode we see with Beaky between now and fifty six, we have to assume he's either come back from the moon, yeah,
0: or or it's a different Beaky. Or it's a different it's a different Beaky. So and de- any Beaky episode
2: we see post fifty six has to be a different Beaky unless he is old. Yeah, because we know he's old in
0: nineteen fifty six. But I'm happy for like you know, there's a chance he's just another buzzard. Yeah, being misidentified as Beaky. Potentially. Who knows? Like we'll have to wait and see. But but until nineteen fifty six, we've got to be. On quite, quite vigilant uh in terms of uh which buzzard we're actually looking at. Yeah. Um in Beaky episodes. Yeah. I, I quite think,
2: like Beaky as a character. But yeah. there again, I quite like Leo as well. It'd be sad to see Leo not
0: in it. I like because... I think I like Beaky because he's he's You'd presume he was quite a slow character, like yeah. mentally, and I don't think he is at all. He no. just speaks oh, no. like that, yeah. Because uh, he's, I think he's very very patient, very patient guy. Yeah. Uh, when he yeah. hangs about on that moon for well, a while, let's let let's let's see how it progresses in the future. But I don't think we're going to get any answers until we see some Beaky. I don't think we are now. Uh, ah, actually, well, yeah. Uh, oh, we were, Oh no, we don't have Beaky in this one. We have no, a lot no. of characters in this next one. Yeah. Um. It's called the Scarlet uh, The Scarlet Pumpernickel. So we've got to presume a Scarlet Pimpernel sort of a vibe, I yeah. think. Um it is the most regular characters of any Looney Tunes and Mary Melody's cartoon. In
2: one cartoon.
0: Yeah. I mean, I presume like stuff outside of those yeah, two so you particular can't count films archives. And stuff like that. Uh, you know, don't count, but uh, uh we see the first uh, confirmation that uh Melissa Duck is, in fact, Melissa Duck. Yep. Um, you know, first time she's called by name. But there's a whole host of people in this one. Uh, and I'd be interested to see if it's a historical account of the Scarlet Pimpernel, uh, you know, situation, mm. or if it's a bit of a show. So uh, we're watching the Scarlet Pumpernickel, which is a Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd, Henry Hawk, Mama Bear on a Todd. Yep. Uh, Melissa Duck, Porky Pig and Sylvester number from March 4th, 1950. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I think it should be entertaining.
2: Well, he's trying to get back into work. He is, yeah. I mean, I would say um, that one actually only had Daffy Duck in it.
0: Yes, yeah, because uh, most of it was him uh, describing uh, a potential film that he could be in. Yeah. It was a dramatic role, because he's sick of being typecast into comedic roles. Yes. Now, this is interesting, because that means that, A, he didn't entirely lose his job in the movie business. He no. just wasn't a director anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, B, uh, that uh, he was mainly framed for comedies before, which apart, which, from what we could tell, he made... Some documentaries about our world, yeah. But he seems now to want to go full Orson Welles. He's written a, a really long script, it, very long for uh, for the film The Scarlet Pumper Nickel, yeah. Um, in which he's casting himself in the uh titular role, um, and also he, yeah, he, he's, he's presumably going to direct it. He's got his director garb on, he just wants to make the whole thing, yeah. Uh, he clearly knows who he's casting. In his yep. head. Which was basically everybody else that was listed at yeah. the start. Yeah, uh, some bold choices. Uh, Mama Bear, for instance. She's, she's there doing? just playing a lute. She's just, just put her in. A uh, lute? Uh, it was a liar. A liar, yeah. there you go. She's um, a liar. Melissa Duck's there. Uh, she's like the, the princess who uh, wants to run off with the skull at Pumpernickel. Yep. Um, I presume Melissa Duck is just who Daffy's Crushing on at the moment. currently you know yeah either, well yeah maybe he's not maybe he's not going with her maybe he's 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 trying to get uh, Yeah that's him. what I'm, he I'm thinking he's trying role. to give her a role so that he's going to be oh going to be some kissing scenes maybe that's why he wants a dramatic part maybe Sure. Uh, like, because, because, because he breath. Can, because yeah currently he he just feels like he's not being able to demonstrate yeah. his uh, so ridiculous fespian right, prowess yeah uh but yeah he wants to go full Orson Welles with it um but ultimately, it's pretty much just the story of the Scarlet Pimpernel. So there's yeah. not actually much from the uh, the workings of the whole episode to go on.
2: No, because like everything we see is basically Daffy's visualization of, of his, how it's going, as how his script's going to of play of his magnum out. opus. Yeah. So like we can't. There's there's no questions raised, and there's no questions answered really because nah. the only
0: part of their world we see is him in the office talking. To his boss. But at the end, like, it's not looking good for him. His boss doesn't seem that keen on no. the idea. Uh, and so he says, well, there's not, not left to do then. And he, you know, in what has apparently uh, manifested his classic Looney Tunes style. Suicide. Uh, pulls a gun out and uh, shoots himself. We do see at the very end, though, he pops up and he's just shot himself through the hat and yeah. he just says to the camera, like, oh, you've got to kill yourself to get a story made. Yeah. Uh, so he really wants to get this done.
2: Yeah, well, I think he's especially the last time we saw him. You know, I think he'd really kind of just been like, "I'm sick of this." Like, and I think that's actually why he went off the edge a little bit. I think he was just sick of sick of his job, and he was just like, "Right, okay, I need, yeah, I need something, I need a change." But he he, he broke a little bit, but he's managed to gather himself back together, and he's just went in. He seems to have uh, Porky's
0: berry though. That's true. Uh, Had two two sticks on it. I mean, yeah, he could have he could have grabbed that in the last encounter. Yeah. Um. I've just had a thought though, like mean, in this situation, it wouldn't be him going on awesome Wells. It's 1950. Awesome Wells goes all Daffy Duck on. Awesome <laughs> Wells goes all Daffy Duck. Uh oh, uh while we're at it, just uh everybody should watch the documentary They'll Love Me When I'm Dead. Uh it's an Awesome Wells documentary, it's on Netflix. Go and watch that uh when you when you're done watching some cartoons with us because it's really interesting. Well there you go. Uh but they'll love me when I'm dead. Awesome. Well, has got that from Daffy Duck. Yeah, Daffy Duck has already already put forward that that notion. Yeah, uh, capping himself <laughs> <laughs> to get his his uh, Scarlet Pumpernickel film made so he can flirt with a girl. So for all of those
2: uh, kind of amazing, awesome
0: well films that are out there, you've got to thank Daffy Duck. Yeah,
2: basically, yeah.
0: It's really really breaking his back in in Hollywood. Yeah, uh, like. We, like, there are a few things we noticed in the course of the Pumpernickel story, but ultimately they're just moot. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, well, that horse can go upside down on that cliff. And then you just rightly pointed out, yeah, but if he's just telling a story to yeah, the director, he can, he can just want. say whatever he <laughs> likes. And it's like, well, that really has, you know, nullified the worth of watching the next six minutes of yeah, cartoon. Yeah. I mean, it was entertaining, though. Oh, yeah. But ultimately, we, we've answered very little other than Daffy is trying to uh, broaden his. Uh, Horizons in the movie industry to impress a girl it would seem so Uh, and is making some questionable casting decisions surrounding that I don't know why why he thinks he can get Porky involved or why he thinks Sylvester's going to be a good option well I don't know Sylvester's busy but like I think he's sort of hashed it together he just needs to get stuff done but like after his last encounter with Porky why does he think Porky's going to want to take this role money (laughs) <laughs> just money money if you, like, the thing is, is like like
2: Porky is still a professional so whether he likes the director or not if you offer him a job as long as you're paying enough he'll take it well yeah I suppose so so
0: you know just throw some cash at him yeah he is fickle <laughs> fair enough he is fickle uh yeah, but yeah, it didn't really answer very much. No. Uh, I mean, it does allow us to leave the episode on a highbrow musical note. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Uh, but uh, before that, just want to say thank you all for listening. Uh, if you listen on iTunes, please, please leave us a review. Uh, otherwise, just tell someone about it. Yeah. Like, if you like the show, just tell someone because
2: if, if you could learn Morse code, um, you know, tell people through
0: Morse code. I mean, I, I mean, I think it would be better to just tell people. Like in in a language that they will definitely understand. Oh, okay, I mean, so interpretive dance then? Yeah, I mean, if you if you operate like in a very isolated place, yeah, and your only communication with anybody else, old school telegraph, is is either old school telegraph or or like blinking <laughs> a light yeah, at someone. Yeah, yeah. Then by all means,
1: do by all Morse means, code. do it through
0: Morse code. But yeah. otherwise, just tell someone. So we're going to leave you with the, uh, the piece that was playing through most of the Scarlet Pumpernickel uh, script brief, um, which is uh, Boccherini's uh, string quintet number six in E major. Uh, it's, it's, it's proper.
1: We're going to end this on, a, a, bang on a classy note. Yeah. Uh,
0: so uh, beyond that, we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye!